0: All right, grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. Revelation chapter twenty-two. We're finishing up tonight. Last chapter, and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Who needs a Who needs a lesson? Maybe you forgot to pick up a lesson. Who needs a lesson? Anybody need a lesson? Everybody good? Got need one over here. All right, Mr. Reese. Anybody want to help Mr. Reese out? I think some in the back there. All right. You got it? You good? Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's get started. Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. Hey, did Molly win her second game? No good, huh? They cheated, didn't they? Four points. Good gracious. All right. All right. Here we go. Revelation chapter 22. If you're there, say amen. Amen. It says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse. All right, all right yeah, y'all, y'all missed the place to get your shout in right there. All right, now let me, let me help you understand something. Uh, headaches are because of the curse. Uh arthritis is because of the curse. Calories is because of the curse. Yeah, I figured I'd get somewhere. Right? Cancer is because of the curse. Hey, uh bow weevil, Mark, because of the curse. Worms in the in the corn because of the curse. Now let me read this again. See if y'all y'all catch on here. And there shall be no more curse. There we go. All right. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. Now, now keep in mind, if you wasn't here last week, we at the end of chapter 21, he's talking about the new Jerusalem, the city of God coming down out of heaven, the, 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 the dwelling place of God's people. Are y'all with me? It's the new Jerusalem. Well, this is just a continuation of that. He's talking about, uh, last week we talked about the inside of it and the outside of it and the dimensions of it. Now we're talking about the center of it, which is the throne of God, and and he's he's referring to that. If that makes sense, say amen. And it says in verse 3, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And he said unto them, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Now let's read this together. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Let's read again. Now, if you have a red letter edition Bible, what color is that writing? Who's, what's that mean? Jesus. Jesus is talking. Amen? So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your, your, your goodness to us. Thank you for your blessings. Lord, thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, thank you for an opportunity to just gather together with your people. This is once again a time we get to come together with people that are like-minded, that are wanting the same thing, that are going the same place, who have the same Father, the same faith, Lord, the same future, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather in your house with your people around your Word. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll open our minds. I pray that you let us just, just cool off, calm down, and, and, and take a, a, a moment and, and take a deep breath and just let you speak to us. Our schedules are hectic. Our lives are, are, are nothing but a rat race sometimes. And Lord, help us to just forget about all that stuff for a little while and just enjoy being in your presence. And I pray that your perfect will be done today. We love you, we adore you, we worship you, and we desperately need you tonight. I pray the Holy Spirit will guide my mind and my mouth so that I won't say anything I shouldn't and I won't forget anything I should. Bless every ear that they may comprehend and understand every word from you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it, amen. amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. As a, as a, uh, just a brief review, John has seen the city of God, New Jerusalem, coming down out of God, or out of heaven from God, all right? Uh, most of the time when we say heaven, we say heaven, we're referring to the city of God because what what kind of street is in heaven that's right that's right now when we say that we say that's heaven well actually the city comes out of heaven all right this is just one city are y'all with me the city of God the capital of heaven if you will Uh, uh, coming out of the third heaven coming to where we can see it we can visualize it we can we can experience it and, and it's described with foundations, twelve foundations, the gates of pearl, the walls of jasper, the, the beauty and the majesty in this place is the inside and the out, the dimensions, all of that was last week. Well, this is a continuation. How many of y'all know the chapters and verses were put there by the translators for our study? to make it easier for us to memorize, to make it easy for us to study the Word. So if you was to read this, you would read right out of 21 into 22 because this is a continuation of 21. If that makes sense, amen. amen. Now, 21 tells us the outside the way it looks, the inside the way it looks, the street. And by the way, it's not streets, plural, it's street. Right. It says street of gold. Uh, there's one boulevard, hallelujah boulevard, <laughs> amen. Uh, It it all leads to the throne. We're we're all on a, it it is an incredible, incredible view and and study, transparent. The glory of God reflects from one end of it to the other. No matter where you are in the city of God, you will be in the glory of God. Say amen. Amen. And so now he begins to describe the center that, that where we first read in chapter four and five the the throne room scene the throne and what's happening there now let's look and and first if you if you have your notes with you number one we're going to see that revelations or uh, the revelation that's a better uh, more scriptural term the revelation is concluded okay at verse five is the conclusion. Of the vision. It's the conclusion of what John saw. So if there was a technical end to the revelation, it would be verse number five. And then we're going to have some other stuff after that. So if, if you understand what I'm saying, in other words, the ending of what John saw ends at verse five. If that makes sense, say amen. Alright, now let's look. Let's let's read that. It says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, more the health of the nations. Uh, there's not going to be any curse, so there's not going to be any sickness. Uh, this is this is more like souped up vitamins. Say amen. It is for continued health, continued energy, thriving Uh It says in verse 3, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now, uh, four things, real quickly. Under Revelations concluded, we see four eternal things. Four eternal truths, if you will, or, or realities is, is a good word to use. First, we see eternal provision. Eternal provision. You need three things basically for life: light, food, and water. Guess what you have eternally in this, in what he is showing you. Some try to spiritualize this and say this is just typology. All three of those symbolize eternal life. But I don't, I don't. I don't want to do that because I don't think you have to do that. And it doesn't say you should do that. Uh, we know that, that, that in your glorified body, you'll have a chance to eat. He said, how do you know that? Jesus did. Yeah. Jesus ate after his resurrection in his glorified state. He ate with his disciples. Now, I'm not saying we have to eat, but we have the ability to eat. Amen. And, and so we find eternal provision. We have, in other words, there will never be a time we will lack. We will be without. We will be wanting. Are y'all with me? So we have eternal provision, verses 1 and 2. Then B, we have an eternal promise. Verse 3, an eternal promise. What is the promise? And there shall be no more curse. No more curse. No more curse. Amen. man. What a promise. It's over with. No more. No more sickness. No more sorrow. No more pain. All of that came. And the worst of all, death was part of the curse. And there'll be no more curse. What a promise. Not only an eternal promise, verse 3, then verses 3 and 5. 3 through 5, we have an eternal presence. Write that word down. Not only is there not going to be a curse, but watch what it says. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light for the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. We have his presence. We'll be in his presence. Now, I'm not going to rehash last week, but it kind of got good last week when we started talking about his glory, being in his glory, experiencing his glory. Everything from the, from the, from the, after the fall of Adam has been limited because of sinful man. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. We have a a limited fellowship with a holy God because we are unholy people. But God created a way through the Lord Jesus Christ that we could come into his presence. And in that day, we will be completely holy. We'll be completely righteous, completely uh, 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 true and pure. So we will be able to be in his presence all the time. And the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. Say amen. Amen. Now, y'all remember what it was like last Wednesday. How many of y'all were here last Wednesday? Raise your hand. Now, how many of y'all felt just a little tad bit of God's glory in here? Now, imagine that all the time. Eternally in his presence. Eternal. And that's the key word in this. In these last, the last ending of the vision, the last ending of the revelation, eternally in his presence. So there will be eternal provision, eternal promise, eternal presence. But then look at here. Eternal purpose. Eternal purpose. Look what it says in verse 3. And there shall be no curse but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants, his servants shall what? Serve Serve him. Shall serve him. We're going to be working. All right. Verse number 5. And there shall be no night there and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall shall reign forever and ever. We're not only going to be serving... But we're going to be kings that's what it says we have an eternal purpose and you say why is this significant and I guess I, my mind works a lot different my mind works way different than a lot of people but uh sometimes I, I the way I think of, of eternity and uh I, I'm thinking this my brother My brother, he's a lot like me in this area. We're we're a lot different in a lot of ways, in most ways, but we're kind of the same in this area. Uh, He went on a cruise one time. He went on a cruise one time, and he's he's just like me in this area. He went to one end of that boat and walked back to the other end of that boat and went one more time, and he thought, I'm stuck on this thing. It took him an hour to do that. And then he's on this thing for seven days and he's thinking, what am I going to do for seven days on this thing? In other words, he's thinking, I'm going to get bored. I'm not, there's no way I'm going to get claustrophobic. And, and me and him being very similar with this. So I'm thinking, you know, after a while, you know, we're, we're going to run out of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. You know, how many of y'all have seen these, these I don't want to say portrayals, but uh uh hollywood will try to make you think that eternities we're just going to be floating around on clouds with harps and just you know we're going to get bored worshiping we're going to get no think about this the eternal god who created everything with the word of his mouth that you see everything that you see all of creation all of the planets all of the universe everything that you see came from him don't you think he's going he has the ability to keep us busy we're going to have an eternal purpose. And by the way, by the way, a lot of people don't realize this, but that's another requirement for life to be, to be happy. Studying, studying, uh, depression and, and that type of thing. Uh, uh, in the last few, really few months and in the last couple of years, we we've, we've finding out that people have to have purpose when people lose purpose they lose reason for living. Exactly right. That's right. We we were kind of talking about this the other day when we, we were talking about when is when is Saban gonna retire. I wish it was tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. I said it. <laughs> but but there was we were we were discussing this, we were discussing, and all the Auburn people say it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Steve, you told me, how, how, many months after, how many months after Bear Bryant resigned did he die? Two or three months. Two months, something. It was very short. And I, I, I'm not saying this had anything to do with it, but I'm just saying a lot of times when people lose their purpose, they lose their reason for living. And, and many POWs in, in wartime, They said they would have to keep a purpose. They would have to keep a reason for living to keep on, keep because life would get so difficult, and it would the reason to go on would be so tough that they had to have a purpose. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you this it's gonna be awesome, but we're gonna have a purpose. A purpose helps you to be fulfilled. When you feel like you're doing something important, Mark, y'all are, y'all are on the road and I can imagine it gets tough, especially when that bus breaks down and when stuff happens. But how, how important do you feel when you feel like you have a purpose and you're accomplishing something? Does that help you keep going? Does that help you not want to quit when the bus don't run? You you see what I'm saying? Everybody's going to have a, and we're going to have an eternal purpose. God has a plan for all of us In eternity. If that makes sense, say amen. Amen. So we see this. We have an eternal provision, an eternal promise, no curse, an eternal presence. He will be with us. We will be with him in his very presence and see his face. We will have an eternal purpose, three through five. Serve him and reign forever. Then I want you to see number two. I want you to see number two. We have jumping back and forth. We have reassuring characters we're hearing from three different characters in this chapter all right first we hear from the angel a the angel write that down verse number six and he said unto me who said the angel that's showing him this stuff all right he said unto me these things are and and true in other words these things what things we have to go all the way back to Revelation chapter number one when this whole thing started. In other words, from Revelation chapter one, all the re- way to Revelation, to begin in Revelation chapter 22, all this stuff. In other words, what we're reading here is the finalization. In other, in other words, it ended at verse five. Are you all with me? The, the vision. Now, we have been in this thing. We have been in this thing. I don't know how long we've been in this. Anybody know how long we've been in Revelation? Year, maybe? How long? Ten months? Okay, ten months. That's great. I beat a year. That's wonderful. It took longer than a year for John, amen? All right, now, watch this. It didn't last that long with John. When he's receiving it from the angel, this wasn't a year long. In other words, this is the end. At At the conclusion of this, now the angel says, now everything I just showed you, The apocalypse, the antichrist, the beast, all of the judgments, all of the seals, all of the trumpets, all of the vials, all of this, you can mark it down, it's faithful and what's he doing? He's reassuring him. Now, not only that, now, do you realize that one of the titles for Christ was, come on, In other words, just as sure, just as sure as Jesus is, this prophecy is. It's faithful and true. You can take it to the bank. Somebody say, Amen. Look what it says. Look what it says. Verse 6. They're faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. What is the angel saying? This ain't my doing, this is the Lord's doing. Not only is what I told you faithful and true, it's true. You can take it to the bank. It came directly from the Lord. Are y'all with me say amen? You see what he's doing? He's finishing. Let's think about it a minute. Now, John is a human, right? Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid growing up, Bible characters in my head were like superheroes. They were non human. They were superhuman. I I, I guess it's just as a little kid, you just look at them that way. And then an amazing verse, amazing verse was was given to me. And and I say given to me, I I, I read it and I learned and I figured out what it meant. When it says Elijah, Elijah, how many of y'all know Elijah was a bad dude? Elijah called fire down from heaven, right? I mean, he had the contest with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the Grove, 850. Right, 850, and, 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 and called fire down, and, and man caused revival in Israel, and, and destroyed all the prophets. I love it. They made a non-profit organization out of them. <laughs> right? I mean, y- y- you got to admit, this guy's bad. He stands, he stands in front of Israel and said, you need to decide who you're going to follow. If Baal be God, then follow him. If God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is God, follow him. And they answered him, not a word. You know what that meant? He's on his own. But by himself, on his own, fire came down from heaven. He won the contest, if you will. This dude is bad. I mean, I grew up thinking that. But you know what the Bible says in the New Testament? Elijah was a man of like passions as we are. And, and you know what? Let me translate that. Alabama translation. Uh, my grandma's translation. He put his bridges on just like I do. There wasn't nothing superhuman about him. He's a person. He's a human. Now, it's proven by what happened right after that. This proves he was human. This proves he was, a, he was a Christian just like us. He's on the mountain one day bringing down the fire and running from old crazy Jezebel the next. Right? And goes and gets in a cave and sucks his thumb and says, I don't want to do this no more. Now before you get sideways, don't act like you ain't never done that. Yes. He's just, he's human. And the point of this is, so is John. Can you imagine what John is thinking after seeing all this? I mean, he's kind of overwhelmed. And I know that because in a few minutes you'll see he's so overwhelmed with what he sees, he falls down and worships the angel, even though he knows he's not supposed to worship an angel because it's already been told him in the first part of the revelation, right? But he's just overwhelmed. And so the angel's saying, now look. I know I just gave you a whole lot of stuff. But I promise you, it's true. It's true. Amen? So we see the first reassuring character is the angel. Then secondly, we see the second reassuring character is the Lord. Is the Lord Jesus. Look at verse 7. All right, the angel just gets through after the ending of the vision. The angel says, it's true. Now Jesus speaks up. Behold. What's the word behold mean, y'all? Look. Check it out. Pay attention. Open your eyes. Behold. Now this is going to... I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit just in case I run out of time. Because I got a lot of points. Amen. But think about this. This is He's, he's wrapping this up. It, it's kind of like the deathbed. If you've ever been to the deathbed of a loved one or, or an acquaintance or someone, have you ever noticed they don't do a lot of chit-chat? In other words, they don't do a lot of small talk. The only things they say is what's truly important, right? And so we're fixing to hear the last word from God to man, right? right? And the first thing he says is, I'm coming. I'm coming. And not only that, but as we continue on, you'll find it, he says it three times, Behold, I come quickly. In other words, and and he's not talking about the speed that he's going to go from heaven to earth. He's talking about, it's coming. I'm almost, in other words, I'm I'm on the, here we go. Now think about that. How many of of y'all can sense as, as John is getting this, this, these last minute instructions, if you will, for the vision that he just received and, the, and, the, and the, the word he just received. Can y'all sense an urgency? The angel is saying, hey, what I just told you, you can take it to the bank. It is true. It came right from the Lord. And then Jesus steps right in there and says, hey, I'm coming quick. I really feel like personally that he's trying to put a sense of urgency not just for John, but for every other Christian that's reading what we're fixing to read. Right. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Watch. Watch. Let's keep reading. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Now, if the truth be known, if we go back and look and come back again, there's not a whole lot of instructions in here. In other words, there's not a lot of do's and don'ts, except maybe a little bit in the seven letters to the churches, right? And, 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 but the primary, the primary um, body of the revelation is basically stuff that's going to happen, right? Now, let's think about this. So what is he talking about? I truly believe the whole point, the whole point of you knowing what's fixing to happen is that we will live our lives in urgency. Do you realize that all the apostles thought that Jesus was going to come in their time? And they lived that. That that affected the way they behaved. That affected the way they lived. We should be anticipating his coming every day. Every, are y'all with me? Why do you think, why do you think that Jesus said when you pray, he said, he said, pray in this manner. Our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this month our daily bread. What did it say? This day. We are to live daily daily. Why? Because we're supposed to be anticipating his coming. We only ask for today because he's probably going to come tonight. Do, have y'all any idea the drama and the stress we could take up off, just, just remove out of our lives if we would start learning to live one day at a time? I'm I'm living one day at a time. My brain ain't. My brain is thinking about what I got to pay Friday. Right? Or or what I got due this month. But if we truly expected Jesus to come back at any moment, bless God the bank can have my mortgage. Because I'm going home. Are y'all with me? And the whole point is for us to be anticipating his come, looking for his return. Come, Lord Jesus, come. And how would we witness if we thought he was coming tonight? How would we evangelize if we thought he was coming tonight? How would we pray for our loved ones that are lost if we thought he was coming tonight? Amen. That's what I believe he's saying. Keep, look, there's an urgency. Look for his return. I'm telling you what's fixing to happen. I'm telling you the future. I'm telling you what to look forward to. This is coming. This is coming. Verse eight. And I, John. So now we have the third reassuring character. In other words, you have three assurances, three people telling you something. I know this is is some for... Alliteration purposes. But here's the thing. The angel said it's true. He said it's coming from the Lord. Jesus speaks up. And he reassures you. Then John. Look what John says in verse 8. And I John saw these things and. What is John saying? I am a what? I'm an eyewitness. I'm an eyewitness. I'm not telling you something some other person told me. I saw it. What's he saying? I saw it with my eyes. I saw it with my own eyes. He's reassuring you. Now, what, are we, what can we take from all this? Everybody in this room needs to understand. The Antichrist is coming. The beast is coming. The plagues are coming. Judgment is coming. But so is the Savior. We are assured of the fact. By these characters who are speaking to us. It's going to happen. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now. Now. Number three. Number three. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. Verse eight. John's overwhelmed. John's overwhelmed. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Now, this proves something. We are creatures of worship. Whether it's the right thing or the. We're going to worship. Now, we have a choice to worship God or idols. Now, there's way too many people have the wrong idea of what an idol is. Ma'am, that's a sharp-looking little fellow right there. How, how old is that little fellow? Almost, Almost three. I got four girls. I'll trade you two for one. No? All right. Is any of mine in here? Hey, it wasn't going to be you two. I saw my the other two. <laughs> as sweet as they are, that little fella can can become an idol. Ladies and gentlemen, look to your spouse next to you. They can become an idol. Anything that comes before God, that becomes more important to you than God and his will is an idol. And what makes it so dangerous is we were created to worship. So if we don't have the right object of our worship, if we don't have that object right, we're going to worship something wrong. In other words, there's no neutral. We're going to either worship what's right or we're going to worship what's wrong. Y'all with me? Now, how many, y'all, how many of y'all believe John was a pretty good fellow? Right? Wasn't it John? Wasn't it John that that was so close to Christ that he would lay his head on the breast of Christ? He had such a love for Christ. And imagine this. You remember in the the upper room when Jesus said, one of y'all are going to deny me, or excuse me, one of y'all are going to betray me. You know, all of them said it. But John, John knew it wasn't him. Is it I? Is it I? John, I know it ain't I. He loved it. Listen, he had such a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet here he is messing up again. This is not the first time he worshiped something wrong in the book of Revelation. What's the point? The point is he's human. And the point is, he's so overwhelmed with what God's given him that he's he just going to worship. Right? Right. That's right? But watch what happens. Watch what happens. And, and, and I don't know why, I, I don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse. But I'm just telling you, you can go to church every week and still create an idol out of something. That's right. That's right. We've created an idol out of sports. Right. Our children play in sports our jobs, our hobbies. Good people can can do foolish things. That's all I'm saying. Now watch what happens. The angel said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Verse 9, verse 9. Then saith he to me, this is the angel, see thou, say it again, see thou. Don't do that. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Now watch what he says. Come on, everybody! All right, that brings us to number three. Number three, we see the responsibilities commanded. Three responsibilities we see in the next few verses. What do we take from this? Now remember, this is this is the the, the revelation, the vision part is ended. These are last-minute instructions, right? In other words, after he's received the visions, he's given him some last-minute instructions. What's the first responsibility? Look at the end of verse number 9. What's the last two words? Say it again. Say it again. Write this down. Write this down. The responsibilities that are commanded. The Savior is to be worshipped. The Savior is to be worshipped. Whatever we do, worship God. Wherever we are, worship God. Listen, whether you eat or drink, bring all glory to God. God is the only one that deserves our worship. God is the only one worthy of our worship. Are y'all with me? We shouldn't worship people. We shouldn't worship things. We shouldn't worship hobbies. We shouldn't worship stuff. The only thing that should get our adoration and our worship is the Savior. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. What did it say? What did it say in Revelation 4 and 5? Worthy is the Lamb to receive glory and honor and blessing and power. Are y'all with me? Worship God. No matter what we do in this church, we need to worship God. We need to know why we're here. We need to know why we have hope and we have a future. Why there is a promise. Not because we're good. We're sinners. We're undone without God or his son. And that's how he found us. There is none righteous. No, not one. But God commended his love toward us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I have hope because of God. I have a future because of God. My name is in the Lamb's book of life because of God. Not of my goodness, not of my works, not of my intellect, not of my talent, not of anything of mine, but by grace and my saved through faith alone. It's all about God. So he deserves the worship. He deserves the credit. He deserves the praise. Not a speaker, not a singer, not a servant, none but God. If we start saying what a ministry, if we start saying what a church, what a choir, what a preacher, what musician, we've messed it up. We've messed it up. This ain't about the musicians. This is not about the singers. This is not about the preacher. This is about God and him alone. Jesus is the only celebrity who deserves any kind of praise and glory. Are y'all with me? He says, worship God. Worship the right object. Your worship is only as good as the object of its worship. Everything is temporary. Your kids are temporary. Your spouses are temporary. Your things are temporary. Your jobs are temporary. Your possessions are temporary. If you're going to worship something, it needs to be something that's eternal. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> worship God. Say it with me. God. Say it again. Worship God. worship God. The Savior is to be worshiped. Verse 9. Verse 10, then saith, watch what it says. And he saith unto me, seal not, say it again. Seal not. Come on. Seal not. seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book. For the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. Listen, here's the deal. I want you to write this down. Not only is the Savior to be worshipped, verse 9. Sinners are to be warned, verse 10 and 11. Sinners are to be warned. Now Daniel was told to seal up the sayings. John was said, seal not. What does that mean? Rich people need to hear revelation. Poor people need to hear revelation. Wise men need to hear revelation. Uneducated men need to hear Revelation. Politicians definitely need to hear revelation. They need to hear about the coming of Christ in Washington. They need to hear about the return of the Lord and judgment to come in the state house, in the white house, in the penthouse, in the movie house, in the poor house. Say amen. Everybody needs to be warned. Everybody needs to understand that judgment is coming. Jesus is coming. There is salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. They need to understand if they die in their sin, there's not been one destination. Are y'all with me? Sinners need to be warned. Why? Why? It tells us. It tells us. Look what it says. The time is at hand. There's an urgency, number one, if you write notes under this, under sinners are to be warned. Why? Because the urgency of time. What does that mean? We're running out of it. We're running out of it. When are we going to do what we need to do? When are we going to sense the urgency of the time? I mean, I, I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't know what needs to happen in our world for us to understand. We're we're fixing to leave. Now, on one hand, I'm excited. I'm ready to see the return of the Lord. I'm ready for Him to come. I'm ready to be with Him. But there's going to be millions that leave that are left behind. What's it going to take? He says, "Don't seal up this book." Warn sinners, why? The time is at hand. There's an urgency of time. Not only that, look at the next one. There's an urgency of decision. There's an urgency of decision. You say, Where are you getting that? Verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. What's he saying? What's he saying? What he, des- what he decides to do with the truth of the gospel, with the truth of the prophecy of this book, will determine his destiny. If he believes and repents, it will determine his destiny. If he stays in the condition he stays in, he's going to stay in that condition forever. In other words, once Jesus comes, there's no second chances. Once you leave this planet, once you die, there's no purgatory. There's no place where we can pray you out of. Are y'all with me? Can y'all see why he's saying, don't seal it. Tell everybody. Why? We're running out of time. And their eternal destiny is, is resting on the decision and the, their treatment of the prophecies of this book. Serious, isn't it? Look what it says. Now, what are we under? What are we under? What's the main point? All right. Who else has got some notes with you? Let's say it. Number three. What's our first Responsibility. Okay. What's our second responsibility? All right. Third responsibility, C. The saints are to be working. We you sing a song in choir? We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes. And then we'll be gathered home y'all heard that? All right, y'all just did. Come on, people. Right, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. i kidding. Some of y'all look like y'all asleep, trying to wake you up. Amen. Mark, I figured out why I couldn't hear that other, you remember, I put on there, I can't get to work. I would taken my my uh, hearing aids off, and it was going to the hearing aids on the Bluetooth. Anyway, y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but he does. Amen. All right. Technology—it's not for me. Say amen. <laughs> all right, the saints are to be working. Where do we get that? Verse twelve. Have y'all noticed that every point we're just going verse by verse? It's all right here. Look, verse twelve. Now, what 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 point are we on? What subpoint are we on? What is our responsibility? Saints are to be. Watch what verse twelve says. And behold, now what colors you're writing? Red. Red. What's that mean? Jesus, Jesus is speaking. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward. is with me. Who's he going to reward? To give every man according as his. All right. Uh, some people have the idea. Well, if I just miss hell, that's going to be enough. Now, I will say this. I don't want to go. But what's it going to be like to stand before the one who hung on a cross for six hours was beaten beyond recognition who was completely innocent and he did it for the completely guilty And we stand before Him empty-handed. So, but that's rewards. He's going to... We'll just miss out on rewards. But what are you going to tell Him? What are you going to tell Him? He's going to know you knew what He did for you. He's going to want to know... What'd you do for him? Yeah. Now let me tell you where it's gonna be really bad. Now I don't like getting on to my Wednesday night crowd because they're the cream of the crop. I mean y'all 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 were here, nobody had to make you be here, you could have stayed home with the other thousand that come on Sunday. <laughs> I said it, they probably not watching anyway. <laughs> I heard somebody say, ow. Oh. <laughs> Watch this, though. So I'm here. I'm here. Because you're getting. That's right. You're receiving. You like this. Yeah, right. you're, I know. You're getting fed. Oh, it's great. I love getting fed. I'm, 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 man, I'm all about that. But I hate to break it to you. you're going to be held even more accountable. Because here you're getting the word of God over and over and over again. And here's what we're doing. If we're not working, if we're not utilizing what we're learning, if we're not sharing our story, if we're not witnessing, if we're not trying to bring others to Christ, we're, we're, I heard an evangelist say it this way, we're sitting, we're soaking, and we're souring. We was we was uh we was uh uh in Israel. And uh we got to go to Caesarea Philippi. Caesarea Philippi is way up at, at the at the uh, uh, the northern end, all the way at the top. Matter of fact, you're right on the border of Jordan and Syria, isn't it? I think it's Syria. Either way, it's right where the Jordan River starts. And it's right I mean it's only like this deep. And it's cold as ice, crystal clear, crystal clear. I got me some, I got me some empty water bottles, filled them up. I was going to bring them back and sell it for holy water. Amen. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't do that. But I did get the water. I, I didn't sell it for holy water, but I did get it. Crystal clear, crystal clear. It comes down through there. It comes down through there, and it and it dumps the it dumps into the Sea of Galilee, right? And then you have the Sea of Galilee, which, like to me, really is a souped up lake. I mean, it, it it it's but it's called the Sea of Galilee or Lake of Genesaret. You know, it's the same thing. And there's fish in there. There's fish in there, and 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 just wildlife all around it. I showed Miss Cindy a video today of, of 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 around the Sea of Galilee. Man, you could hear the bird, couldn't you? Couldn't you hear the birds? And the, there was azaleas, and it's just the most beautiful flowers. There was just life everywhere. And on the other end, on the other end of the Sea of Galilee, the, the, the Jordan River continues, and it just keeps going, going all the way down through Israel, and and, and, and then it dumps into the Dead Sea, the lowest place on Earth. The lowest place on earth. I think it's 1,300 feet below sea level. Y'all with me? And then it goes nowhere. Then it goes nowhere. There's no outlet. Let me say it again. There's no outlet. And up here, now let me, let me give you the visual again. Let me give you the visual. Up here, you have an inlet. The Jordan River's coming in, and at the bottom of the Sea of Galilee, you have an outlet, an inlet, and a, a, and life, fish, oh, it's beautiful, I I can't even describe it, but over here, you have the Dead Sea, you have an inlet, but no, no life. Zero. Zero. And there's no life around it either. There's no grass. No no reeds. It's just rock and salt. What's the point? When you have an inlet and an outlet, you have life. If all you ever do is come here and you just absorb and you never turn around and give out what you are bringing in, you're going to die. Spiritually, you're going to die. What's the point? God is not bringing you here and developing you and feeding you the word of God and strengthening you with the word like he does and fill you with his presence. For you, That's all you to do with it. He said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. To, who's he going to reward? To every man according to as his, work. come on, as his work. work shall be. Guys, we need to work. We need to get out there. We need to share a story. We need to share. Mike, I heard you got to share your story this week. Come on now. That's what I'm talking about. how to it make you feel? Awesome, didn't it? Anybody else get to share their story this week? Anybody else get to share their story? Got one here? Got to share your story? Got to share your story? Two of them. Listen, y'all got three more days. I'm going to ask you again. I'm going to hold you accountable. You know what helped me share my story? Knowing that when I got back to my staff, they're going to ask me. So I'm going to ask you again Sunday. Did you share your story? Say, so why are you doing all this? You're putting pressure on us. Because I don't want you to get to heaven and be embarrassed. Let's share a story. I heard good advice too. I know. What point are we on? Oh, yeah, we got this. I don't know who to share my story with. A friend of mine this week told me, this. he said, Preacher, I got an idea. He said, lay it on me. Because one of his buddies just passed away. One of his buddies just passed away. Made him think about this. He said, you know what? You need to stop and sit down and write down everybody you think is going to be at your funeral. Write down everybody you think is going to be at your funeral. And whoever is not saved, share your story. Think about it. Everybody, you know who's going to be there, who's not. You know who's going to be there? people that you've had some kind of influence with sometime in your life. Are y'all with me? All right. Three days. I'm going to ask you again. Number four. Number four. Resounding call. There's a resounding call. I love this one. Verse 13. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Now watch this. Here it is. Verse 17. And the, and the, okay, and the next and the. All right, I know that would get you, I'm sorry. Let's do the first one. And the, and the, say, come. So what do we see? We see a resounding call. First, the first call is to the Savior. The first call is to the Savior. And it's from two different it's from two different individuals, if you will. One is the spirit, and the other is the church. What is this saying? What is it saying? It says the church, if the church is being the church and the Holy Spirit, they're both saying, Come on, Jesus. Come. Come. The Spirit and the Bride. Who's the bride? The church. The Spirit is saying, why would the Spirit be doing that? Why would the Spirit be doing that? I believe it's twofold. I believe there's a negative and a positive. The negative is this. He's being quenched all the time. He's being grieved all the time. He's being rejected all the time. God said, my Spirit shall not always strive with man. How many of y'all know that the, the Holy Spirit is abused by mankind? is mistreated by mankind is rejected by mankind that's the negative but i believe the positive is this how many of y'all know that the desire of the holy spirit is to glorify christ what does the holy spirit know the last time man on this earth seen christ it was on a cross it was humbly it was in humility it was as a one who has no reputation you remember He's as the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. He came in a way where they didn't have no room for him in the end. He grew up poor as a carpenter. I'm talking about the prince of heaven, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And it is the ministry and desire of the Holy Spirit to glorify and magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Spirit is saying, come. He's ready to see Jesus on the cloud. He's ready to see Jesus on the white horse. He's ready to see Jesus to come back in glory and power as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's saying, come. The Holy Spirit saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. But not only is the Spirit saying, come, but the bride is saying, come. The bride is ready to see its bridegroom. The bride, we are to love, is coming. If you're not looking forward to the coming, you need to check up. I'm telling you, I, I honestly, I, I want everybody to get saved, and I want all my friends and family to get saved, but I'm telling you right now, I'm ready to see Jesus I'm ready for all this garbage to be over with. I'm ready for there to be no curse. I'm ready to go to my real home. I am a pilgrim passing through. The church should be saying, come, Jesus. We should be looking for our Savior. We should be saying, come, come, Jesus. The Spirit and the bride say, come. So there's an invitation to Jesus. We're, We're asking Jesus to come. But then there's a second. Look here. Not only is there a call to the Savior by the Spirit and the bride, the church, but there's a call to the sinner. There's a call to the sinner. Look in verse 17. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. We're asking Jesus to come. And then it says, And let him that heareth say, Come. In other words, those that are unbelievers that we are witnessing to, we're wanting them to join us in our cry, come. But the only way they can join us in their, our desire to see Jesus come is that they get saved. Are y'all with me? Watch what it says. Watch what it says. Let him that is a thirst come. Whosoever and whosoever, let him take the water of life freely. Are y'all with me? whosoever I don't know about y'all but I'm glad we're a whosoever church sometimes there's only one thing about being a whosoever church you're going to get whosoever not that I'm against anybody but how many of y'all know there's some weird ducks out there amen it's like the man said the brighter the light the bigger the bugs amen Don't act like that. Y'all are just so super spiritual. (laughs) You know what's sad? All the good stuff we've said tonight, that's all some will remember right there. (laughs) Whosoever. Now, how many of y'all is a whosoever? How many of y'all are like me? That you're glad that everybody in here don't know everything. What's the point? We're all in the same boat. That's why, this is the cool part. This is why Jesus made it for not the religious, not the educated, not the wealthy, But whosoever included Zacchaeus, whosoever included old stealing Matthew, whosoever included murdering Paul, whosoever included cussing Peter, come on, whosoever included me. If you say, what's the prerequisite to coming to Jesus? You're thirsty. That's what it says. How many of y'all know there's a lot of thirsty people out in this world? That are thirsting. They're trying to fill it with drugs. I know I'm over time, but i got to give you this. They're trying to quench their thirst with drugs. They're trying to quench their thirst with alcohol. and They're trying to quench their thirst with fame. They're trying to quench their thirst with illicit immorality but guess what you have the only thing the only thing that's going to quench their thirst but watch this watch it look at me don't be shutting up nothing I got one more whole point they're not going to know it till you tell your story Amen. amen we see two things write this down under the center in this resounding call This invitation to the sinner to come. There's two things. The invitation, verse 17, and then the incentives. Go back and read the incentives, verses 14 through 15. The incentive is this. The people who come to Jesus, they're going to have right to the tree of life. They're going to be able to go through the gates of the city. But if you don't, you're going to be like the dogs and the sorcerers and the whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and make a lie. You're going to be left out. You're going to be left out. I don't know about y'all, but that's insane. And by the way, dog there is not meaning bow-wow. This is a term used for for really wicked, corrupt sinners. It was used first in the Old Testament for uh, uh, male prostitutes, homosexual prostitutes. It was used also for Gentile unbelievers. You remember when Jesus said, uh, it's not meat for me to cast the, 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 the children's bread to the dogs? But the Gentile woman said, hey... Even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She showed more faith than the Jews did. That's a whole nother message. Amen. Number, Number four. Number five. Any number you want to pick, it's a good. Amen. The last one. We see the reminded conclusion. Let's look in 18. Verse 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man... How many if any man shall add unto these things God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book and if come on if any man any man that means Bible scholar Bible commentator anybody don't matter who you are if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy. God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Say it with me. Surely. What color is that writing? Amen. Surely I come quickly. Next word. Amen. Say it again. Amen. Say it again. Amen. That's the truth. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Even so. Even so. There's two things that we're reminded in these verses. First, A, don't mess with the scriptures. Don't mess with the scriptures. Say it with me. Don't miss the scriptures. B, don't miss, the don't miss the Savior. Everybody say it. Don't miss the Savior. <laughs> he says, behold, I come quickly. You know what John says? Well, come on then. He's coming. Guys, the church, when I say the church, I'm talking about the church as a whole. We need to we need to get a grip on this urgency thing. Can 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 y'all be honest a minute? Can y'all be honest a minute? Come on. I mean y'all, y'all I told y'all I bragged on y'all tonight. Y'all the creaming the crop now, I bragged on y'all. I mean I just built y'all up and everything. Right? How many of y'all, truth be told, truth be told, this past Sunday, God got on her toes. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, when that video was through, didn't even feel like a Christian? I got a video I may play this Sunday that's, that's got Chinese Christians who just received Bibles that were smuggled in and they're holding them and weeping and kissing their Bibles. I'm talking about convicting. But do you know what I'm afraid? I'm afraid that lasts almost till we get out the door. No, preacher, it lasts, it lasts. Then how come out of. 2,000 people. We had over 2,000 people Sunday. Three people told their story this week. Guys, we're not getting it. Jesus is really coming, He's really coming back. Hell is for real. These judgments are coming. What's it going to take for us to get a sense of urgency? Three times in this last chapter. I mean, think about this. God is wrapping up the bow on the present of His Word to give to humanity. In the very last things He says, He says it three times Behold, what? I come quickly. I come quickly. Behold, come quickly. and behold. You don't think that's not for a reason? You better get it. Let me tell you why. Because if we don't, there's a great possibility there's a day coming that you're going to stand over a casket and say, I wish I told him my story. Behold, he's coming. It's like playing hide and seek. When the number's up, what does it say? And that's the way it's going to be. And all God's people say it. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word.